Using actuarial science tables downloaded from Blue Cross Blue Shield site, calculated raid mortality rates versus res sickness or para costs. I'm just glad the mystery is solved. Last night, I dreamed of a furry gnawing my face off. It was starting to get to me. Dismissed it. Do you need help? Remember, I'm pregnant. Whoa. Wish I would have known that before I kicked. Would have done it harder. Cherry. Er, Matt. Sigh. Oh, that's the audience. This be the Cheesy Beards Pirate. Hey, Guildies, it's time for another Knights of the Guild companion cast. This time we're covering episode number nine. We are two-thirds through this season already. Can you believe it? Time flies when you're having fun. Another fantastic episode. So much fun. It wasn't as grand as the last episode, but definitely moved the story along. And it's setting up for what's to come in the last three episodes. So good stuff. Now, the last few podcasts have been extremely long, and I know some of you love it, and some of you don't quite like the long ones, so you guys will be happy with this one. This one's much shorter, so let's jump in and take a listen to the companion cast covering episode 9 of season 5. Hey, Gildies, I'm here with Sandeep Parikh, and we're here discussing episode 9. Yes. So, uh, there's a really cool scene with you, Clara, uh, gathering pieces. Yeah, this is, uh, right, yeah, we're gathering, uh, right, I'm gonna, basically, since, uh, Clara rescued me from my, um... (laughs) The the depths of, (laughs) yeah, the depths of a sugar high, um... Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of uh, doing her a favor uh, in helping her build a costume. Yeah, for a steampunk. Um, a steampunk costume using all of uh, Vork's crap yeah. in his trunk, which was uh, – that, that was a fun scene. Um, it was tough to like uh, – we shot that a, a bunch, and it was, I, I'm surprised that the cut came out as good as it did because <laughs> um, you know, like we, we just kept pulling stuff from his trunk, and we had to keep resetting it in between, and yeah. I pulled things definitely not in the right order. <laughs> Um, a lot of the time, so uh, there was no really right order because, like that, that trunk was actually so jammed with crap that there was like there was definitely a keystone that if pulled, everything was going to fall. Yeah. On me. <laughs> so like, I had to like sort of restack and restack pick and, and pick yeah. and choose and make yeah. sure that I wasn't going to get um, <laughs> yes like avalanched under with uh, yeah. with refuse. Yeah, um, but <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was a fun scene. I mean, like I said, I always love working with uh, with Robin like one on one, and then uh, but to go from that to like to a monologue basically to the Master Chiefs, that was really that was a that was a that was a, a challenge for me. I mean, I'm not particularly great with monologues. Uh, probably one of my one of my many Achilles heels. You've, but, had, uh, you've had a few this season. I've had a few this season. Jeff normally gets them. Jeff always gets right, them. Right, right. But I know we've discussed it before where you've had quite a few this season. Yeah, and like, you know, even though this wasn't a true monologue because you are sort of like working off of actors, yeah. um, you know, in costume, you know, silent actors, yeah. I guess you'd say. <laughs> uh, and they, um, you know, they they react. So they're, they are giving you some, some, something to play with. It's not, I mean, I guess no, uh, that... Same can be said, I guess, for any monologue, really. But anyway, <laughs> the point is that there were like kind of interrupted. There were beat points where I could like sort of okay. Once I, once I see them react in this way, then I started in this yeah. on this next piece of the monologue. Yeah. So that was that was cool. But it was um yeah. Those are always a challenge for me because I'm just so I like to be really reactive to whatever is is coming out of my yeah. scene partner's mouth. You know, yeah. like I, that's that's kind of how I'm 
trained in improv. Um, so to just kind of like go on and on and on with no response. with no real no yeah, verbal response. no verbal response is like is difficult for me. Yeah, uh, as an actor, I mean, yeah. it's definitely one of the limitations yeah. <laughs> uh, that I have. Um, so and so, so something that I need to work on, and, and I and, you know, I worked on a lot this season was like actually memorizing my lines. Yeah, <laughs> which I know. Was, we mentioned that before. Right? Yeah, which I talked about. And so this was one of those scenes where I had to really memorize my lines because we're always, you know, time is always at a premium and you don't, you want to give it, you don't, you don't want to get to the third take and finally have the lines down and then, because then the lines get down but then the performance, yeah. need, the, the performance layer needs to be good yeah. as well. It's not just saying the lines wrote. So, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully going back and memorizing your lines the day before, at least, you know, get, gets you to a better performance level yeah. uh, sooner. Yeah. And so that, but that was a, you know, that was a really, uh, fun scene. It's always fun to play, uh, like sad or, uh, forlorn. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's always, you know, it's He's so overdramatic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's right. the way he is. You can kind of get to that place really easily and, um, now, whose idea was it to put yeah. your finger up against their mouth for them not to talk? God. Now, in the script, because Claire has a line, so I was assuming it's part of the script. What's her line? They don't. They never speak. Yeah, I don't think that we had the... the no, the finger thing was definitely something we thought of then. Okay. I can't remember if it was me or Sean or what. I mean, yeah. I, I I feel like it was one of those moments where it might have been like, oh, Sean, I'm thinking I want to do this, because that's just funny. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I think I've and done it before. Fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know what? I am remembering that. Yeah, I think... It, Pretty sure it was my idea to, to want to do that, and then Sean was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be just like in season one when you do that to Felicia." That's right. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I guess I kind of do that a lot, which is <laughs> maybe as an actor, it's sort of doing the same shit over and over again. But uh, but it, it is funny as for for something for Zabudo is be doing, I guess, is shushing people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I always just find, you know, I don't know, whenever people shush people, it's always really funny. This, like, dramatic shushing, like, no, yeah. baby, he can't, don't speak now. No, Kenny, Kenny knows. Shh, hush now. Hush now, Kenny. <laughs> this is going to get real. Shut, shut up, shut the fuck up. This is going to get real. I, 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 I like, like those moments, and I think this is one of those times to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, so it just sort of, yeah, it just sort of came, came naturally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking with me. Yeah. Hey guys, we're here with, I almost said Tink, it's actually Amy, who plays Tink, and we're going to be discussing episode 9, so let's go ahead and start with the Tink Kodak Go Undercover ticket to Floyd scene. Yes, um, this was my flirting day, <laughs> had to get my flirt on with a lot of people, um, <laughs> this... So what outfit are you wearing? I, I was just going to say, <laughs> I am in my superhero outfit, um, I, it's one of my favorite outfits, I think, it's so cute, um... <laughs> So yeah, we actually follow Floyd into his little booth and try to get back there to talk to him, um, to try to convince him to not sell the game. Mm -hmm. And um, the convention worker is try to we kind of try to you know play it cute so he'll let us go back, but it doesn't work out too well. <laughs> um, and the guy who plays uh, Cravens, he is just hilarious. Um, never met him before but he would improv all these lines and it was just like so hard to like even keep a straight face but he was really great um so it was really fun to shoot that's awesome yeah and then um tink actually gets a taste of the new game i do yes and uh doesn't like it yeah so after cravens basically slaps us in the face and says that we can't go back there we you know figure why not the game's right there let's just test it out and uh just like codex i hate the game yeah. i think it's really stupid 
Um, so basically, while I'm playing the game, I also successfully seduce and flirt with uh, Uber, Uber Geek, yeah. and so we can um, listen in on their conversation. So um, it was, it was kind of nice to uh, be able to flirt and actually be successful That's at it right, this yeah. time, <laughs> uh, you know, boost my ego a little bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the guy who played Uber Geek, uh, I forgot his name, Bo, yes, Bo. He he was really funny too. So we had some we have some good people this season. Yeah. All the little guest stars yeah. I think are really really good. Nice. So they're nice. really fun. This is where Tink forgives Codex because obviously she ratted you out to your family. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fox is revealed. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, Tink obviously was really upset at Codex for you know. Yeah revealing her to her family but i think i think this really opens a whole new door for tink to kind of get the closure not closure but you know just to open herself out to her family and codex and i think they have a whole new friendship now yeah definitely taken a whole new level and hopefully if there is a season six or whatever that we kind of explore that even further because you know she tink really you know befriended clara last season Mm -hmm. too i think but i think Codex was just a whole new level than mm-hmm. anyone that she's opened up to in the guild. So yeah, they do become really close. This I think season. yeah, it, on just like a personal, yeah. more you know, yeah, um, personal level. I mean, it has to be hard for Tink to keep so many secrets to be. Yeah, Tink. yeah. I mean, because you see this other side of her, you yes. know, and she is much softer. She still has an edge, mm-hmm. but she's still, you know, it's yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, her this and obviously she was so closed off and so bitchy and. Yeah standoffish because she had all those secrets that she didn't want to reveal and um yeah now that it's kind of all out in the open i think it's going to be a whole new team that we're going to see in the future if there is a future for the guild (laughs) um so yeah uh her forgiving codex i think is kind of like a you know i'm ready to be who i am you know she's ready to kind of you know open up and just be who she is and great yeah and it was great to see will wheaton again Uh, he came back just for one day of shooting it was like our app I think very last day of yeah. shooting. Um, and, you know, he's just great all the time to have around. Yeah. He's so sweet. And um, I think it's really funny that he was actually a furry the whole season. <laughs> and he's just kind of lurking around being yeah. a creeper. And there he is. There he is, yeah. So that was really fun. I think it's going to be a pretty funny uh, reveal. That's great. Fantastic. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm here with Marisa Cuevas, and you may remember her as uh, Blades' beauty who st- stood next to him uh, in the Game On video. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, and she's also one of the dancers during that video, too. Welcome. Jo- uh, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for talking to me, Kenny. And she is actually one of the featured autograph stars uh, in today's episode, which is really, really cool. It was really cool to see that. Uh, how was that whole experience? Because that's like future for you. Well, it, it seems very surreal just because, you know, I look across the table and I see actual real celebrities and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm actually, you know, I, I'm pretending, yeah. but to be kind of like on the caliber of the level of the other people in the scene, I'm just kind of like, wow. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely in your future. You are an actress and you've done a few yeah. things. Yeah. It's the goal to one day have my own signing booth at a con and, you know, meet my fans and everything. So hopefully in the next couple of years, uh, it'll become a reality. Yeah. 
So how's this whole experience been so far? How did you get involved? Did they just ask you? I got asked because, um, you know, the guild tries to involve, you know, all the friends and family. Yeah. I'd like to think that I'm part of that group. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a fun little thing to, a little bit part. It's yeah. always fun to do a cameo. So, yeah. Great. And how's the experience been so far? Oh, as always, working with the guild has been amazing and fun. You know, the sets are always just lighthearted. You know, serious work is happening, but it's done in a very, you know, kind and friendly way. So, it's you know, it's a great time on set. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by and chatting with me. Well, thanks for talking to me, Kenny. Hey, Guildies. I'm here with Greg Aronowitz, and uh, we're doing this a little different. Since Greg is so extremely busy, we decided to Skype this interview. So thanks for joining me, Greg. I appreciate it. Uh, no worries. It's, it is definitely kind of weird. Like, we've been all so, you know, I know. close and personal <laughs> this whole season. Yeah, it's so different. I think all of our interviews that we've done has always been in person. Yeah. This is our first yeah. one doing it. Well, over I, I, I think the, the very first, this is like bringing back uh, memories. This is old times. I think the first um, Knights of the Guild, like pod, not a companion cast, but an actual podcast, I think. Oh, that's right. When you were, you were a guest. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's jump into this episode. Um, it first starts off with... Oh my gosh, we just watched it a second ago and I completely blanked. <laughs> the hotel. Oh, that's it, yes. We're in the hotel, we're in Koreatown. So that is the hotel, because it looked it looked different to me for some reason. Maybe it was the way it was lit um, or something, but it looked totally different. You know different. what, that's good. good eye. That was actually a uh, pickup day. Um, try, let, well, let's see, definitely parts of that, you know, the hallway was a pickup day uh-huh. with... Tink and Felicia. Tink and Felicia? What am I... What? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. With your name and one real person. That's right. <laughs> so, but, um, uh, with, and now I'm going to say with Codex and Amy. What? I, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, that might have been in the regular schedule, but definitely when they go into the hallway, that was on a pickup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that was like the last pickup day. Uh, that Will was there. Yeah. But not much art to, uh, art for that scene, really. No, it was, it was mostly just like trying to, you know, take some stuff out of the hallway, but it was pretty, pretty basic. Um, we were busy trying to get the room because this was like a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. um, after we, you know, had wrapped the main production. So, we went down there to sneak those shots. I think it was based on Will being available. It was, yeah. That's what Felicia said. Um, so we had to also get uh, done that same day, like all of, uh, or, or not all, but a big chunk of uh, Codex's webcams. Mm. And so we had to kind of like redress the room and put stuff in there because it was, you know, you actually you see a lot of the room in that in that webcam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like the the point of view is kind of showing, you know, the beds in the background. And it shows and, everything, yeah, because it even shows Amy sleeping yeah. on the couch. Yeah, so in order to match the ones that we hadn't gotten, or match the ones we hadn't gotten to the ones we did get, uh-huh. we had to progressively, you know, hang all the weird 
bags around and put the peanut butter <laughs> on the wall and do all the crazy stuff and like be in and out of there really quick. But it was fun though to just be able to spend half that time uh, with Will and you know knowing yeah. all along, having having been with the furry all along, and being able to finally see who he is was kind of cool. Yeah. It's cool. So then the the next scene after that we have is uh with Robin and Sandeep. Mm-hmm. And they're Yeah, so this was in the um the studio, the stage space that was rented downtown that played as a parking garage. And you know, we had shot down there one day and did when they first arrived. Um and I guess this was like the only other scene that actually takes place in there. Uh-huh. Um, but this was really the kind of defining moments for some of the stuff that was to come up um, in, in the, the future of the final three episodes. So I won't really give away any spoilers, but it was like trying to decide what was in that van, what they would pull out, what they're mm-hmm. going to use for their for their project. Um, you know, because we hadn't really done final designs for any of the end episodes yet. And uh-huh. it was pretty much like, all right, you know, there's going to be key things here. We don't know what they are, but once we show them, we have to figure out how to use that stuff. So it was kind of fun to see what people would react to because it wasn't even so much like random guessing or, you know, premeditated bringing of things it was mm-hmm. we just had a ton of stuff and we were like how about this sean and he'd be like i don't know you know or or he would like something and then somebody was like i, I don't i got nothing for that like I, there's nothing <laughs> funny I so we ended up just with weird things like you know and somebody even called it out as a improv and ends up in in the cut where um you know he grabs the uh the life preserver mm-hmm. and he's like i don't seeing this in there before you know um, yeah pack the van with all kinds of crazy stuff and i guess just for time a lot of it you know didn't make the the final cut you know it just boiled down to a few things that they pull out but on the day um you know they were pulling out the bird cages and they were pulling out uh, i'm trying to think of all the crazy things that were in there at the end um, Robin's line was hand me that blowtorch and uh, and she's like let's do this and she clicks it on and you know flame comes out and, uh-huh. you know that I don't think that's in the cut though. oh it is yes I just saw the latest oh that's cut. back in the cut it thing. is I just right. saw the latest I, I watched a uh, I guess the cut prior and it was gone oh, I wonder what else is back in there <laughs> guess you have to wait and see yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the van parked next to that van because we needed to fill some space is actually Chris Walters, um, the gaffer, and uh, you know that's what all the light. And he let me stick. We had um, Mike Z sent us like all different sizes of the Gameramicon mm-hmm. logo. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. Stick- yeah, so we just stuck some stickers on there and made it like an official van just to block some space because I think behind that van is, you know, 
the rest of the gear that we couldn't show. So, <laughs> but then the next day he came back and he had taken the stickers off, and I was like all bummed out. And like, I totally would have cruised around with those things on my car for, until they. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, cool. And then, and then what else? What do we go to next? Uh, well, you didn't really have anything to do with the Master Chiefs. That was pretty much just their their costumes. Yeah, no, I had nothing to do with that except to just be in awe of them at all times and just, you know, yeah. it's so cool. No, you know, and just the way that, that Sunday interacts with them when he just like grabs onto their oh, chest plates and hangs yeah. his head down and everything. It was like, <laughs> it's just so funny. And they're just like, they just stand there like emotionless. Uh huh. That's great. So cool. Now, back to the blowtorch. Do uh, you actually let Robin grab that and turn it on? <laughs> um no I, if if it's in there and and it, it turns I'm, on I'm looking at then, it right now yeah then i think that's a special effect that really? Chris, uh, I was that, that, yeah that sean that sean added in because um we may have lit it one time i don't know it was just obviously decided that it was like way too dangerous and but there was talk at the time like oh if it ends up in there you know, it could after effects do you just stick it in there? So, but I, apparently they did a good job. If you it, didn't uh, even... Yeah, I, I'm looking at it now. I'm shocked. I really thought this was. I really thought you let her light it because it, it clicks on perfectly and looks just like it. That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you you could cut through steel with those things. You don't want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't want Robin <laughs> swinging one around. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Wow. All right. But right. it was uh, it was one of those things where we had brought a bunch of stuff, all kinds of different tools, and um, that was just something that ended up not being there. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, we just found like an alternative, like you know, she can say, "Oh, hand me that." Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but we had a bunch of crazy cool stuff. Oh, there was leaf blowers that were coming out of there, <laughs> and all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but then TJ was like, you know what? I bet the stage would have one. And uh, he ran off, and sure enough, they had an acetylene torch. So wow, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But it's a fun scene. So yeah, well, those guys are are have been funny together, and now that you know the now that their relationship is like where they're working together, mm-hmm. it's it's becoming funnier yeah. by the moment. Yeah, yeah. Now the big next scene is with uh, Tink and Codex trying to flirt their way in past uh, Craven. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, that pretty, Craven guy was out of control. <laughs> that's what I heard. I wasn't there the day they shot with him, but I heard he was he was crazy. Yeah, he was throwing stuff out there that. Uh, you know, it was it, it was hilarious, but there was definitely stuff where you're like, "There's no way this is ever making the cut." Like he he just went. If there were lines to be crossed, he was you know a mile over them. It was it was amazing. It was just yeah. so funny. But um, you know, he definitely like he was like a raptor. You know, yeah. testing the electric fence. He he would see how far he could go, and he'd go a little more, and then he'd pull one back, and then he'd go crazy. So um. You know, it was definitely funny seeing their reactions to it, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's interesting how much 
Felicia is in Codex, you know, mm-hmm. I'd probably say the whole whole uh, attempted flirting thing is probably <laughs> more Felicia <laughs> than Codex, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, what is happening there? You it's know, so awkward, I know. Yeah. So this this is at the game booth again. So this is obviously your your fantastic big giant booth. Yep. Yeah, and this is one of the examples of where you know the um, the booth was this kind of strange you know living thing where it just moved around and you don't really notice it. But if you pay attention to the cuts, like this is one particular scene where you know we moved all those podiums to be closer to that action where in the scenes prior, they were like more centered or more to the other side. Oh, I didn't notice that shifted. It was a little bit of like inception going on there. (laughs) Uh, That's cool. I didn't didn't notice that. And what's great about this is that there's a a wide shot of the entire booth, which I think is cool. Cause you you hardly ever see the entire booth. That is in there because uh, Greg Benson stepped in and did some second unit directing and with the Bowie brothers. Mm-hmm. And while we were off trying to shoot the other 280 million scenes we needed for this season, he um, just got a bunch of coverage of the booth. Yeah. Like you know- in the final moments before we had to tear it down to – you know, make sure that because Sean was like, we need to show the scope of this thing, you know, so it was kind of like an impromptu thing. But, um, yeah, it was cool. It just really. Well, yeah. You know, what, what's crazy is that I remember that day when they were there shooting and you guys, the uh, a camera was actually shooting when Tink was throwing that man's camera down. So we were literally right next to each other shooting. Yeah. And it was crazy. We had extras yeah, walking it was, through, and I had to stop them from going into the other scene on the other – it was so bizarre. Yeah, well, and it was also the day we were doing the the real convention was there, too. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was – you know, everyone comes to be at this actual convention, and there's like a little aisle – no, it was like an eight-foot-wide aisle right where Tink was doing the camera thing. And that was the only real access into our fake convention, and it was taped off, and it was like – 200 people just standing there <laughs> all like wanting to come into our convention and um but the whole idea of us shooting there was to be able to like do an over the shoulder of tank and look out into the real convention and see everyone milling around but no one was milling around they were just it was a wall of people so yeah that was kind of weird I, th- but, I, th- uh, I think we had some of our extras try to mill a little bit to make it look like it was moving yeah 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 that's ultimately what happened was we created a fake wall in front of the wall that moved. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a bit uh, crazy for art department because normally, you know, we never have, there, there's usually two cameras, but it's never two units, you yeah. know? Yeah. So um, we were still just our own little entity of, of Art department is just me and Red Five, and then you know a bunch of the guys that came and volunteered that day, and um, it was just strange. Even though things were only like I'd run to one side to set something up, and then they're like, "You know, <laughs> need you," and I'd have to like run over and find out what was happening over there, and then like go back and forth. So you know, yeah. it didn't last very long, but it was. And at one point, uh, Kim was even like, you know. 
is this possible? Like, is this going to make you crazy? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's necessary, though, because, you know, this is awesome. Like, how many times usually what happens is you build a big set and they shoot as much as they can and they're like, well, too bad, you know, we got to move on. But here they were, you know, purposely saying we're going to go out of our way to show more of it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You, all, all that work was worth it. say no to that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the next scene that we had was, again, we're back in the, the autograph room and we have mm-hmm. the whole uh, blade or uh, pirate picketers. Yep, when the tides turn. Yep, he deserves it, though. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, I guess, douchey is the only real word. Oh, yeah. I, I was really surprised. I, you know, I'm from Jersey, and that was like, I'm so glad that word is back. I'm sure people, <laughs> what, what is he? That's terrible, but that was always, like, one of my favorite words, like, when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, you're a douche, man. Um <laughs> And it's just so funny that, you know, Felicia, you know, uses that word so frequently, too. So I feel like it's kind of come back and it's kind of it's just fun to say, you know, but um, we were making the signs for for that when they're all picketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we asked her, um, like, what can these things say? Like we were trying to do all um, like cheese related. Uh huh things and you just at some point you just run out of you know <laughs> things to say I mean I'm sure if John Cleese was there he would just like give us 20 more but um, but I said to Felicia you know like what can some of these signs say and she was like douche <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, All right. so we made a, a douche sign and it's like it's right in the middle like center I'm yeah. like Obviously, this is the internet because you could never have that on TV. <laughs> but it makes me laugh, you know. The um, I don't know if you really see every single sign because we made a bunch, but that would be an interesting thing. I'm sure someone out there will just like slow it down frame by frame and just try and read all those signs because they're definitely some are, you know, cheesy. It's a yeah, cheese the pun. But then like some are just pretty crazy That's creative funny. and raunchy <laughs> <laughs> um but that whole that was like towards the end of the day and uh we had i almost want to say that the a and b camera kind of split there too because we were in danger of not getting like the tear down of the green screen uh-huh and it was like in the final moments, we were like, everyone would please stay a couple more minutes. And while they were doing coverage, like of um, of Jeff and Vince, the other camera went and just got that really quick and pulled it down. And, you know, it's so it, 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 <laughs> set is just so crazy because people are like, all right, we're going to do this. And and, you know, we have to go really quick and it doesn't really matter. And then right before you do it, somebody's like. Well, if people pull on that, aren't you worried that that pole's going to fall down? And everyone starts panicking, and they're like, oh, my God, wait, yeah. And I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. And, but then you end up spending 10 minutes trying to prove that Convince that's them, yeah. all yeah. set. And, and then they just went up and pulled it. <laughs> you know, and it was fine. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's always always in, the, in those moments, like, there's just a sense of panic. And <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's what makes it interesting. It's a good scene. Good. It is. All right, and then uh, the the last scene we have is 
We have Tink and Codex playing the game. Tink flirts with another nerd. Mm-hmm. And uh, they listen in on the conversation and find out the truth of what's really happening. Yep. So uh, this is just back at the game booth again. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have anything. I guess the um, only thing really interesting about that, other than, you know, the cast and the cameos and everything, which is cool there, um, was the the headphones. Uh-huh. You know, throwing the headphones. And, again, just another thing. You shoot nine pages of dialogue, and you have 300 extras, and, you know... Everything just kind of flows, and then you get down to this simple thing, like trying to slide headphones under <laughs> a, a curtain, and it's a 45-minute venture. <laughs> uh, because it just, it's just not something that happens naturally, or if it happens in nature, it's just kind of like this effortless thing but to make it look like that is a whole lot of effort and so we had to like pin the curtains higher but then they were it was too obvious that they were like making space so we had to find like the exact height of the curtain but then we had to throw the thing in in such a way that it didn't look like it was being forced in but if we were too light the curtains actually stopped it so it took a bunch of tries but we finally got it and uh, again it's probably not even in the cut people are like Why are um but that was just one of those crazy shots. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. All that work for one little shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. And probably, I don't know if we are even going to see the game booth anymore. My biggest disappointment with the game booth is I, I tried, you know how I have all these stories about like the night before we shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm always up painting something or um, I had this one thing that I was trying to get in the game booth, which was a standee. You know how there's the standees in there? There's like a Merlin standee and there's mm-hmm. like a troll and uh, um, like a winged demon standee. And uh, I had done two, the, two of them. I did the troll and the Merlin. And then um, Amish Ivers did the winged demon. But I was trying to have another one, which was... Uh, Kim Evie as like a dragon warrior. Really? And yeah. And I just, it's just one of those things where I was like trying to get it exactly right. Uh-huh. And I just needed like a couple more hours and I just didn't have a couple more hours. And then and I kept saying like, well, you know, if I don't sleep tomorrow night, then I can finish <laughs> the painting. But then it came down to like, it needed to be printed and mounted and, and, uh, something had to go. And, that was just like the furthest thing from being necessary. So I let it go and totally bummed though. I just wanted this like surprise her and just have this standee of her yeah. there with like this giant spear and stuff. So would have been awesome. One of these days. Cause it's almost finished. So maybe I'll just, you can just put it in her house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Give it to her as a gift. <laughs> Nice. Well, cool. Well, I look forward to episode 10. We have so much to talk about there. Oh, yeah. Can't, cannot wait. And I appreciate you taking time and uh, Skyping with me. Anytime All and right. every time. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Greg. I'll catch you soon. All right. Hey, guys. I'm here with the two Master Chiefs who were protecting uh, Zabu. And uh, they are... 
This is Adam Grumbo. And Daniel Yon. And how did you guys get the gig? Um, well, I run a Halo costuming community called the 405th. And one of the producers of the guild, TJ, sent me an email asking if I had access to um, good quality Spartan costumes uh, for a show called The Guild. And I said, Guild like The Guild, The Guild Show? <laughs> and it went from there. Awesome. And how did you get involved? Uh, I, uh, I knew Adam from the 405th. I tried to make a couple of suits of my own, mostly ODSTs, and I got managed to purchase one of... Uh, the movie quality, the Blue Realm Studio suits that they were had out here for Comic Con, they went to Reverse Blue Guy, so it's just been sitting in my house looking pretty. And then so I get a call from him while I was school, and he says, "Hey, you ever heard of a show called The Guild?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have." He's like, "Oh, well, you want to borrow? Can we borrow your suit?" I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to make a, two new ones. I only want to make one, so yours is already there." It's like, "All right, sure." Nice. So he, you got chosen because you already had a suit. Yeah. In really. Yeah, you're just added there, and I have a little experience wearing the suits around. So, you're good height. You're good height. Yeah. <laughs> I fit the height and requires. I could fit in the little tiny helmet. <laughs> There's some taller guys, but their heads are too big, so they can't squeeze in that thing. Gotcha. All right. So obviously, you are fans of the Guild. Uh, when did you start watching it? You know, I, I I tried to watch the Guild way back when it was first released, season season one. Um, I didn't quite get it at the time because I'm not a I'm not a computer PC gamer, mm-hmm. I'm an Xbox or a Nintendo PC gamer. And then once 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 TJ contacted me, you know, the Guild was on Netflix too, so I zipped through seasons one through four yeah. in two days. Yeah. You know, it really really started to get good. You really yeah. start to like the characters and. Yeah. Now I'm dying to know what happens in season five, right? Yes. Yeah, they definitely don't need to be an MMO player to actually enjoy. No, not the at all. From it. I mean, yeah. you'll get more from it if you do understand that bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, I uh, definitely like it because of the geek culture, which yeah. definitely a part of. So yeah. awesome. good. How about you? I watched it back in the day when I was playing WoW. Now I'm uh, clean and sober for like <laughs> six, six to seven months after relapsing for a short while, but. That's when I picked it up. We were nice. just like, hey, look at this new show coming out. Now, do you guys have any favorite characters? You know, um, I guess I really like Codex because I'm a Felicia Day fan from when she did Doctor Horrible. Mm-hmm. But um, for some reason, I really I really like Blade's character. You know, in the, in the first season, mm-hmm. he was really obnoxious and okay. kind of uh, <laughs> didn't like him. But his character... Really grows on you through the other seasons. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. rooting for him. He's he's kind of the cool guy. I want him to, want him to succeed. So I like Blades. <laughs> cool. How about you? Uh, well, also a big Felicia Day fan, but barring that, Bork definitely has a unique lifestyle and a certain way of approaching things. So it's yeah. very dedicated yeah. to his craft. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could cook uh, hot dogs while playing the game. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, How's the experience been so far, being on set? You know, I really didn't know what to expect coming out here because I know that it's an independently produced, you know, series. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the big major budget that some of the other productions do, but coming out here, it's actually very yeah. high production value. Yeah, they know how to stretch a dollar. Yeah, they know exactly what they're <laughs> doing, and it's just it's wonderful to see things come together and see people work their craft. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what it looks like on the screen. Yeah, cool. Now, is this the first time that you've acted? 
Yeah, first, first time I've been on any movie set, so it's been really interesting seeing how everything works, how mm-hmm. the whole process goes through, especially yeah. seeing a series like this, which started off with very low-budget independent, because I have a couple of friends that do a lot of independent films, I just haven't got up to see that, mm-hmm. so it's really neat to see how you can go from starving to still using those the SLR cameras, how those could be used for film nowadays, yeah. just a lot of little yeah, things like really that. Crazy. Cool. Yeah, you guys were also used as extras in episode three for the MMO workout. Uh, how was that? <laughs> Let's go first. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you just uh, make some of the exercise a little more, keep at it longer. You could make a legitimate P90X replacement, I'm sure, with a little creativity. Start marketing it. You nice. got it good. How many so. times? Did, how many takes did you guys do? See, doing the actual takes. <laughs> We're like, man, this is starting to become a workout. Yeah. Well, you guys did like six or seven takes from different camera angles. Yeah, you know, I don't have the best coordination in the world, so <laughs> it took me a little bit to uh, <laughs> yeah. to start mirroring the aerobics, aerobics instructor's uh, moves. Yeah. <laughs> you're on fire. Uh, act is probably most, most tiring because you're just like jumping up and down. It's like, I don't know how, because when you're mining, you're doing it kind of slow and deliberate, so <laughs> yeah. you're not using that Then when you're on fire, it's like, okay, I'm on fire. Start jumping up and down. <laughs> Okay, this gets tiring. I was standing in the front, so it's hard not to look around to see what yeah. what Zabu's up to back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <true>. must not <laughs> laugh. <laughs> That's always the tough part, is not laughing. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, stopping by and chatting with me. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, guys. I'm here with the creator of the Master Chief uni- uh, outfits, costumes, that uh, the two bodyguards of Zabu wear. And uh, can you give me your name? Uh, it's Devin White. And um, do you do this for a living? Actually, no. Um, I have a little side business. I have a day job like most people, but um, my uh, side, I have a little side company that makes props and stuff for, for t- uh, TV and film and even you know, uh, product placement and advertising. Yeah. And um, have you always been into Halo and uh, just building those type of costumes? Yeah, you know, I've been, into, I've been into doing costumes and stuff since I was a kid. I made my first costume when I was, you know, probably four or five at a cardboard and duct tape. And it's just kind of <laughs> grown into a, an, uh, an appetite for it. And, I've, you know, I've been doing it ever since. And now I'm kind of getting into the realm of how the movie people do it. And yeah. I want to keep doing it and getting better and yeah. so on. Now, have you done uh, other things for other web series or other movies or TV? Yeah, I've done some um, short films. Um, one's coming out pretty soon. It's called The Project Arbiter. Um, it's going to be a really cool little um, short film that's hopefully going to get picked up by a studio and maybe even be in a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done uh, um, a few others that I can't say anything about yet. Yeah. But once they come out, well, <laughs> I'll we'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. Now, how long does it normally take for you? Do you make these suits yourself or do you have a group of people who do it? Um, it depends on the project. A lot of times I end up doing a lot of it myself, but um, a few projects will have some, some like Adam or some, um, c- a couple other my really good buddies will come over and we'll, we'll crank some stuff out. But it, it's usually me in my shop with a, with my block of clay and some sculpting tools and stuff and just cranking away at it. And how long does it take to make a full uniform? Um, it de- well, it really depends on the client. If the client wants it fast, of course, I'll crank it out fast. Mm-hmm. But if, um, if if I got time to do it, it usually takes me, you know, three months to do a costume or something okay. at my so, speed or yeah. whatever. But, you know, I, you know, if, if I have to do it faster, I can do it faster. You can, but mm-hmm. you prefer to do it. Yeah, I like, I like to do it at my leisure. You know, it's part-time, yeah. so I like yeah, to yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, how did you hear about this gig? Yeah, it was Adam um, called me up and he's like, "Hey, have you ever heard of the Guild?" And I was like, "The what?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." Uh, he was like, "Yeah, you know that girl from um, 
Dr. Horrible. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, I want, what's, and tell me, what, tell me what it's about. And he gave me a little um, rundown on it and stuff. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, they want the Master Chiefs. I said, really? They want the Master Chiefs? Like, how did they pull that? I'm surprised Microsoft <laughs> wasn't, like, illegal all over or whatever. Yeah. But I guess they got um, their response or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'm down for it. Cool. And uh, so he we um, uh, lent him the stuff to get set up and a couple weekends, and he cranked them out. So he actually made you made one for the show, and one was already made. I made the original five six years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we have molds of oh, it so still. Oh, see, the molds. Mm-hmm. Mold, so he just he just again. yeah he re, re, re did a cast out of the original gotcha. molds. Gotcha. Now, did you do the weapons also? Yep, um, we did um, the. We've actually done a ton of Halo weapons. We've got the AR, the battle rifles, sniper rifles, and all kinds of stuff. And um, Adam actually runs the fourfifth.com, which teaches people how to do all that. Um, and yeah cool and uh you've watched the guild now yes i've watched all four seasons uh, within like a you know a one night sitting because uh-huh. it was actually really good i liked it a lot very cool very cool well i appreciate you stopping by and chatting with me but before we go let's uh plug whatever you want to plug do is there a website they can go to yeah if um for costuming needs and commissions and stuff um we um the my prop service is um bluerealmstudios.com and uh just check us out and read our blog and so Blue Realm Studios, they can go to your blog and everything's right there. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. I'll have the, the URL in our show notes so uh, you don't need to worry about writing it down. Uh, again, thanks for chatting with us and really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, guys. I'm here with Vince. We're going to be discussing the picketed scene. Uh, how was that? How did that whole experience go? That was a fun friggin' scene. And to be perfectly honest, it got pretty scary. They were like vicious. they they got into yeah. that and especially on the first take where it's their coverage yeah. we're showing them um the guy who was rolling b camera one of the guys next to me after the take ends he leans over like dude that got real for a minute <laughs> and i'm like i know yeah. the, especially rachel with her face all contorted just screaming and they go and they're tossing crap and ripping down the sun i'm like jesus i'm out of here they got loud yes yeah, they, they did loud, yeah uh, but that was a really fun scene they all had really funny stuff written on the signs yeah. and um, what I really actually liked about it, I thought it was pretty cool, something we do not do very often, is the whole thing, um, for the most part, we got, we got one entire coverage in a single shot. Basically, from when me and Vort start walking, Ooh, yeah. all the way to the end was just one continuous like shot. shot yeah. I, I love stuff like that, and it's really fun when you see it work well, yeah. and not something we do, we, do, we do very often. Yeah, very true. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and talk about episode number nine. And Blades and Vork are picketed. Yeah, Blades and Vork are being picketed. Yes, so um, Blade, uh, we're being picketed. He doesn't treat the groupies very well, and so they sort of uh, bite, rebel. rebel and bite back, and uh, they start to picket it, and so I walk up, and they're holding these signs, <laughs> which are really funny signs. And it looks like it's a huge crowd, and it, it is kind of, yeah. but it's really funny, and I mean, the way they shot it. And they just tear down a thing, and I'm just really upset, and it was fun. I mean, it was fun to walk up and tell all these people, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, Nobody gets actually, you. we did one of our, we don't do these very often, a moving shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are walking through. Yeah, and actually oh. I've done at least, I think at least three of them this season. Yeah. We, and right, we've never done it. It's always been pretty static, but yeah. um, it should be fun to see. I've done one, I did one with Felicia and one with... Um, one with uh, and one with blades, and I think we're doing one today where yeah. we walk in a party, and uh, it's been it's been good. It's sort of 
uh, a, a challenge to uh, walk and talk at the same time. But yeah, and hit your marks. And yes, exactly. And stuff. and uh, but it's been good. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Gildies, I'm here with Felicia Day. We're discussing episode nine. Yep. So uh, this one starts off with a huge reveal. We finally find out who the furry is. Yes, and it is who everybody thought it was the whole time. <laughs> Actually, you know, there's a lot of lots of stuff going around. I know Fox is the main person people are guessing, yeah. but people are guessing Riley. They're guessing Wade. Oh. They're guessing um, there's like been four or five, like uh, uh, Zabu's mom. Oh my god. They, I mean, they've been Trevor from the comic book. Yeah. What? I really? Mean, oh, that's yes. one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk, but Fox has definitely been the main topic. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because there is something unresolved between the two of them, and I knew that. And mm-hmm. I knew I could only use Will a little tiny bit because he's so busy lately. So, um, you know, using him in the furry suit was the best way we could actually make him a major character without having him on set except for a half day. And mm-hmm. it worked out perfectly. And he's so smug and arrogant, but there's something a little bit changed about him. And, and it, it sort of, I think it resolves a little bit. I still don't think they're done. I don't know. I mean, I keep saying, okay, that's done. And then as a writer, I'm like, wow, are they done or not? I can't decide. It, it's yeah. just because we work well so well together. It's hard to let that go. Yeah, yeah, and you you leave it open for yeah. interpretation. He can always come back again if, you know, if needed. Exactly. Yeah, and then I like the whole – I still like uh, Tink and Codex in this season. They're just bonding and becoming better friends. It's so cool to see that. Yeah, it's nice to be able to create – I really did want to, you know, when they're together and face-to-face, create a circumstance where they can be um, real people together and, like, deepen the friendship so long-term we're not just – operating as strangers so mm-hmm. yeah i think that it's a nice uh bonding moment for us that we actually get to be real together yeah it's, it's really great and i know we didn't weren't able to talk but my favorite scene since the zabu and codex it, you know my princess is in another castle what uh-huh. was in episode seven when tink and you have that conversation and she says yeah you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to say get a life and you say you know I, I do. I need to live life less sadly. I just don't know how. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that is my favorite scene. <laughs> I was so bummed that we couldn't talk for that scene during that time. But yeah. it's, I, I just have to say that was one of my favorite written, acted, performed. It's so good. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's always scary to sort of take the show in a more um, real direction. And I try to add as many jokes in those two scenes. But those are two definitely the most heavy, like, dramatic scenes in our whole seasons and uh mm-hmm. but but sometimes you got to go there i think i mean i don't want to go there a lot uh but i do um in order to move people forward and take them from one place to another in a real way mm-hmm. uh you have to be able to have those real moments and uh you know a lot of times in tv shows they just keep their characters in one place and you know those two scenes definitely pivot those characters in a lot of ways it motivates yeah. codex to do something with their life it breaks up, you know, that other scene broke up Zabu and Codex for two seasons worth of tension in mm-hmm. a way. And, uh, yeah, so there are big character moments that needed to shift people in a whole different direction. And you gotta have to, have to let go of the glibness a little bit. So I appreciate your saying that. 
Yeah, I loved them. It was great. Um, so the next the next scene is again we have the wonderful Clara and Zabu acting together. Yeah. And they're at the Vorch van cleaning out stuff, getting stuff to do for the steampunk thing. Yes. Yeah. That was that was a fun scene. That's a lot. I just love. I feel sorry for those Spartans. Like, and 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 it's just so like sad to see them walk away. Like, <laughs> just take it away from us. Yeah, and I was talking to Sandeep about this season, and he has, he's, you know, he has a lot of monologues in this season. He has a lot of dialogue, yeah. Because Yeah, norm, normally Vork is the one that has all those big, long speeches. But here again, as he's talking to the Master Chiefs, he has another monologue. Yeah, and he was really good, to be honest with you. He's really, really, really he, good. He said, he said he learned his lines before, so that's why he was so good. Yeah, well, you, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you have to learn them before you get on sunset. <laughs> Lesson learned. That's right, that's right. Uh, so that was that was a really cool scene, and then we have another funny scene with Tink and Codex flirting with Craven. Yeah, which Lamorne is like freaking hilarious. He's a great guy, and now he has a TV show, so we can all watch him on TV every week. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so but he does a lot of improv. He's very loose, and like you know, having that dynamic with that character was unexpected to me. But when he came in, I was like, oh my god, can we please get this guy? And you know, he didn't know the show. His manager did not want him to do the show. And the only reason he did it was a friend of his in Chicago runs like a, a, a comic book company or a dice company or something and was like so excited that I, he was getting cast that he did it for his friend because his friend was so excited to see him on the show. So, oh, that's great. But he had no idea what the show was. He, you know, <laughs> his manager was like really not wanting to do a web series. Like it was just so funny, the whole process. But he was so cool. And, um, you know, our reputation starts, it keeps growing. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I love Codex flirting again. She's so bad. She's so bad. It's like it's like seeing somebody have an aneurysm with a smile. It's it's so awkward. You feel uncomfortable when you watch it because she's just <laughs> so horrible. Yeah, I love it. I love being able to do all that. Um, it's not something that uh, I like to see her do often, but she's, <laughs> she's trying her hardest to be somebody different. And uh, it's just so outside her comfort zone. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, the Blades protest with Rachel again. Funny. Yeah. Oh, that whole thing where um, the she tears down that she's weird thing. So mm-hmm. funny. And we had um, we didn't have time to get it, but we had three really big guys. Uh, if you if you notice that Tom Williams and uh, you know a couple other actors were in the back, like staring at him with loathing, and we had them at one point jump over the table to run after them, but we neglected to get uh, Blades and Bork running off in terror. Uh, in oh. the scene, so uh, that was the one time we actually missed a piece we wanted to get, but uh, but actually ending on Rachel and the Wrath of the Ladies is really funny because it just story-wise works a little bit better for what mm-hmm. we're going to see, so uh, yeah, I think yeah, just so funny where he's just like he's screwed up and he finally gets his comeuppance, like we've been waiting all season Oh yeah, the Blade so deserves this Yeah yeah, and then of course we have a nice little scene between uh, Madeline and Vork. Yes, I love her insight there, and it's kind of like the voice of uh, of, of the performer in me to have her say like when people are disappointed in you, you you feel it the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and she's very wise and very zen, and Aaron is like that too. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course we have the final scene is Tink flirting with the nerd. Yeah. And uh, you guys listening in on the conversation and finding out what's really happening. Yeah. And 
that, you know, I needed to deal with that quickly, but um, also at the same time, you know, I needed to, uh, you know, give it the weight that it needed. So it's kind of the button to the whole episode, but, you know, it had to be quick and concise and shooting. And actually that interior shot of, uh, of uh, the bad guy and Floyd, um, Mark, uh, that was picked up on a completely different day because we missed, mm-hmm. we missed the piece. We had to send like a B, B unit out to finish that scene. So they aren't even in there when we're talking about them, which is kind of <laughs> But Bo was so funny and I loved it. We were going to get, I was like, we need to get somebody really stereotypical, but not like in a Hollywood stereotypical way. Um, and he just kind of satisfied all their requirements and contrasted so much with Craven so that I just love that line. So finally somebody, uh, fulfills a stereotype or whatever she said. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. line from her. Yeah, so good, so good. So yeah, so I mean, this episode, it, it's coming off of a, uh, such an incredible episode that it doesn't seem as grand. Yeah, well, we've been, we've set the bar really high um, for the last three or four episodes, and, and it's kind of more of a normal Guild episode. So, but yeah, but it's definitely setting up for the last half of the season. Yeah, well, it's setting up the finale and, and a lot yeah. taking the characters away. And you know, every episode has its ups and downs, and every season has its uh, more flashy and uh, and then more subtle episodes and. Um, you know, there's always good stuff in every single one. It's just uh, the scale of the last one kind of eclipses um, a lot of things. But I think people will enjoy this. There's some really good interactions, and it moves the plot forward in a way that we can get to our finale, which oh, is soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Only, only what, three more episodes? That's it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's kind, I cannot kind of it. scary. <laughs> I can't believe it's so soon. Oh, my God. I know. And then we move on to season six. Oh, maybe. We'll see if we get, <laughs> see if we get a deal. Yeah, well, again, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and chatting with me. All right, no problem. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, not a ton of interviews, but we had a great time with the ones we had. And just so you know, when new episodes of The Guild are over, my companion cast will not be ending, at least not quite yet. I still have numerous interviews that didn't make it into previous podcasts. Uh, I have lots and lots of extra uh, interviews. So we're going to be creating special podcasts to play after all the episodes have aired, besides our new regular podcasts, mini-casts, and micro-casts. So lots and lots of stuff coming down the pipeline. And if you have any comments about the episodes or about the podcasts, go ahead and send those to Guild at gmail.com. I hope you come back for episode number 10. But until then, always remember... Hey, Hero. Huh? Hi. Wow. <laughs> Want to take down the Hydra boss at the Waller and Pools? Yeah. Here, join our party and we can chat too. Play with girls? Real girls? Yes. Warrior for hire. <laughs> cool. Think of it that. What are you doing? Shh. I'm talking. Red Keep your here. finger on the push to talk button. Cool? Cool. Baby? Baby, this is so hot. Finally, someone who embraces a stereotype. I can hear them talking. Awesome plan. Ladies, you ready to jet? In a sec. Keep pressing. Wait, wait, wait. Floyd just asked for their business plan. Oh my god. Ladies, you're cute, but I'm kind of dying over here. So are we. You've got to be kidding. Codex, you were right. we got to tell the guilt. Ladies? Ladies? Aw, mega boner. Howdy, guilt fans. Derek here from the Pixar Podcast. 
If you're listening to this, that means you probably are a fan of The Guild, the hit web series. And logically, that would also probably mean you like Felicia Day. Which means you probably have also seen her other web series, Joss Whedon's Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog. Well, did you know that Joss Whedon was one of the screenwriters for Toy Story? And that Andrew Stanton, director of Wally and Finding Nemo, called his screenplay to the film Buffy the Vampire Slayer one of the best screenplays ever written? Well, that's just one of the many amazing things you'll find out about Pixar when you listen to the Pixar podcast. We do a news episode every week to keep you up to date on all things Pixar. And in addition to that, we also have fun special feature episodes where we feature interviews and other fun discussions about Pixar. So if you love Pixar and want to check us out, find us in the iTunes store by searching the Pixar podcast or go to www.thepixarpodcast.com. Thanks. It's been called the best sci-fi fandom documentary since Trekkies. Four stars, says Brian Orndorff of DVDtalk.com. Costume, gaming, comics, collecting, and everything else in between. If you're a fanboy, you've gotta see Pegwarmers. The geeks shall inherit the earth. Well, there's still the stereotype out there that we're a bunch of geeks who live in our parents' basements. 35-year-old living in the mom's basement, yes. Uh, That's the typical stereotype. I'm in my mid-30s and I still read comics and I tell people that I read comics and they look at me sideways. You know, I don't volunteer that I played D&D because, you know, people do sometimes look at you like, hmm. Today I'm dressed up as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights are the uh, guardians of peace and justice and uh, in a time like this I think we need uh, more of them. A lot of us are geeks who live in our parents' basements, but, you know, we're harmless. We don't walk around with uh, propellers on top of our hats. It's not really anything to be ashamed about. Yes, I make lightsabers in my basement. I don't care who knows. We do it because we like it, not as much as because somebody else likes it. If they want to have fun, dress up as a Klingon, why not, you know? You may think I'm a geek or a loser, but I'm having fun at it. It's, it's what makes me happy, and, I, you know, I, I could be spending my money on crack. Ordinary, common, average, run-of-the-mill, these are synonyms for, for normal. Who the hell wants to be average? I know that I'm a loser, I know that I'm a geek, but it makes me happy. <laughs> hey, warmers, the geek shall inherit the earth. Now available on DVD at www.headwarmers.tv. Knights of the Guild podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Work 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved